What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast, episode number 18. Today, I am joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hello. Regular crew again today. Um, so, a little more housekeeping. Again, volunteers, interviews. We just put one up. Um, if you like it, you want to partake, please volunteer. And then uh, Extra Life is technically over, but it's not technically over. So the big um, marathon day just passed on Saturday, but I couldn't marathon on Saturday. So I'm going to be playing like a hideous amount of games over the next two weeks. And all donations are accepted through the end of the year to count towards this year's extra life. So be sure to donate if you haven't already. Um, and thank you for doing so if you do. Uh, with that out of the way, what have you guys been up to? Uh, not a lot on my part. I just uh, put in a few more hours into World of Final Fantasy. For for full reference, it's only been like, what, four or five days since the last <laughs> podcast. But we're really yeah. dedicated and, and we don't want to skip any weeks. So here we are. Mm. So, so uh, that's it. I, I, I wouldn't say much has changed except that I managed to get to go back and find the mini versions of the three, uh, three famous summons, uh, Ifrit, uh, Shiva, and Ramu. Um, Interesting. And uh, so now I've just now that I have all three, I just put them all in my party and I'm racing them up. Sweet. So, are they actually summons, or are they part of your party? Uh, part of the party. Yeah. Everything. Interesting. Apart from the human characters, are part of your party. Uh, there's a new i just discovered one extra layer in that you get normally you get small medium and large creatures and you can have mm -hmm. your um your human characters or your player characters be either medium or large depending on how you prefer your stack to uh, stack around mm -hmm. it um so you can up normally the progression is going from a small creature to a medium creature then large and for some yep. you there's an extra level which i just recently discovered called extra large and uh -huh. that's rather than being the large slot which would be the bottom slot it's takes up all of the slots basically so you oh, oh. yeah it's kind of like a summon in a, a different way in that you summon it in like you would like if you're a Yuna in ffx um, right. summon it in and it takes over and you've got your um two player characters which um stand on the hands or at least in the creature I saw, it stand on the hands of the uh, extra large creature you have, and then you battle like that for a limited time. Hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's an extra. You, you keep talking about this game, and I was very much on the verge of buying it like a half an hour ago. <laughs> um, so that I, that'll probably happen before the end of the day because I just finished the Titanfall campaign. Uh -huh. But uh, I would say, don't spoil for yourself which human characters are summons because you you might find some of i want i don't want to get you hope, your hopes up for your favorites coming back but you get a few gotcha. unexpected player characters uh human characters that reappear as summons. yeah as long as my boy vivi's in there i'm, I'm good uh no promises <laughs> no god no I've, I've totally seen screenshots he's in the game <laughs> somewhere so I, I want him to come along in the party at some point However he comes, I don't care. Mm. Better come. 
<laughs> I know it's it's unreasonable, but I I just I love VV. He, he so I signed up for uh, GameSpot. Well, geez, what almost twenty years ago, and he has been my avatar on there like ever since. It's just like a little picture of him. So I just it's a small thing. It's a small thing, but it's a sentimental thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that it for you this week? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, over the weekend, I did get distracted with um, the same person as last week, uh, dragging me back in to play uh, the same game as last week. That shall not be mentioned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ace is right here, so I can't really talk about him, but, except in the same right. person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not 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 Ace, but totally Ace. So yeah. Ace, tell us about it. Yeah, so since Friday, um I did a tiny bit of PlayStation VR Worlds, but mm-hmm. um not a lot. I need to need to spend more time on that. Um but got uh, distracted with Prince um over the weekend. We indulged in the the uh, <clears throat> of war. Um Oh. Yep, uh, in the was it, uh, was it gruesome? We we can say uh, the name. It it was gruesome, yes it was, what? definitely. It was Lots the giblets. Um, uh, <laughs> it was the major league gaming uh, ladder and tournament for a exclusive community skin. And I thought, Interesting. Uh, yeah. what the heck? Let's let's go for it. I've never done that before. I've never been in uh, major league gaming or any kind of competition thing like that. Um, it's <laughs> never sort of really attracted me. But I thought, hey, you know, why not for um, for a free skin? And uh, it, it'd be an interesting experience. And it certainly was. <laughs> certainly was uh the ladder that we did um so mm-hmm. I, I looked around the um discord and uh found someone who was doing a team and uh got involved in that and then i dragged prince in to fill out another spot yeah he's um, like oh it's, it's took, took some convincing no pressure we can just play and it? uh it'll just be like three matches it's fine no worry yeah, yeah. So it, I'm, I'm it, thinking it like, oh, great, we'll be done in an hour. That's that's cool. I can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Not quite though. No. Yeah, uh, they were a pretty cool team actually. They were nice and laid back. Um, you know, some of them are like really into it and, and crazy. Um, but yeah, we we were just like, you know, let's have a go. But yeah, it, we we kind of didn't think we had much of a chance, and yeah, that um, certainly opened our eyes. Um, we were unlucky enough in our first match to get um, uh, to get um. Like an a game, yeah, team. an actual, an actual esports uh, team. Um, that uh, must have been an experience. It, it was twenty-five it, to two or something. Uh, yeah, well, seven seven zero, they won. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the first round, I think, was over in thirty seconds, which probably includes the time of the countdown, the spawn protection, and about the time it takes <laughs> to get halfway across the map. <laughs> so we probably only actually survived for 15 seconds, I think. Um, like the entire team it was, it was of five. Domination and safe to say they dominated. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but by by the last round, we did manage to get it up to a slightly more respectable two minutes 58 seconds. So mm. you know, we we actually improved through the course of the match, which is all you can really hope for, really. Um, <laughs> right. And I think I shot one of them surprisingly. <laughs> you, you did damage. I did, yeah, no, I killed one of them. I actually got a kill on on there. I was like, wow, I did not think that would happen, you know. And you know, he, he had um, a torque bow, and I just had um, it was a Nasher, and I don't even think I was that that close to him. But uh, yeah, hmm. um, yeah, I thought I thought I was doomed when I saw what he had. He had a power weapon. I thought, oh, I've had it. Hmm. Yep, but... I think he was the <laughs> time, but you know, <laughs> I've I don't know. I, I've played plenty of games. It, 
against really, really good players, and it can be so demoralizing. But if you manage to do anything against those people, it's always a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get a skin out of it, whereas um, sort of normally playing the competitive probably just get um, ripped apart. But um, yeah, it was it was an interesting um, thing to do. I'm not sure if I'm and like Prince with a bit too game to go and do it again. But I would say I would not recommend under any circumstance, even if there were five skins given out. I would not. <laughs> if there were five enough. skins, uh, it, they could convince me to have another go. If there was more skins, I basically think, it but... cost it cost us about four hours at least, and mm-hmm. um, that was for three games because there was a lot of faffing about and waiting because the MLG site uh-huh. basically like it was built in the nineties and. You basically, you I think it up. was actually built in the early 2000s. Yeah, so I know, not but I'm off. saying it's like it. It's basically a joke. <laughs> bad. Sorry, MLG, but I, I don't know if we're planning on getting sponsorship from MLG. Obviously, we're not. But <laughs> we, <laughs> you uh, never know. Basically, I hey, can speak honestly, we, we I, maintain our editorial independence. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, we, we maintain our liberty to speak out against MLG for nobody that cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically... Um, I mean, what I would say is it, it did having, highlight to me. Well, I would say what they should have done, because um, the makers of Gears of War 4, the coalition, mm-hmm. have obviously paired up with MLG to make this skin, because not only have they coded it into the game, but they've put up notifications in the game to say, you know, sign up for MLG. So rather than making a playlist, uh, not a playlist, well, yeah, a playlist, so you can go and search and you can find other people and that way you can do the ladder and the tournament. Uh, rather than yeah. doing any of that work, they basically just make you sign up for the website and then you post up your um, match like it's looking for games or something like that, like something really mm-hmm. unrelated to the system. And then you have to wait for, we waited for over an hour, I think, for the first match to show up. And that was the um, the pro team that basically just knocks on our door and they're like, yeah, you have to come now. We're in the middle of a multiplayer game. Never mind. You have to come now. I mean, I don't know why they could yeah. have waited because we'd waited over, like an hour. But um, so right, yeah. I mean, basically, just bad times all around. And I'm not complaining about the losing. It's just the whole experience was just a joke. There was nothing yeah. good about the experience. It it sounds like to me, it sounds like that the MLG site has not changed mm-hmm. in forever, <laughs> which is kind of a problem. Because like I I remember dabbling around on the MLG site at one point. Um, this may have been back originally when they were like working on stuff with Westwood and like uh, uh, Command and Conquer. I might be making that up, but I do remember trying to use that site and it was just like they had an entire like booklet on how to handle setting up games and things like that. It was just, it was a disaster and it took forever and it was very rigid and yeah, it doesn't sound like it was a great system. Yeah, I think Ace was the one who, well, one of the ones who read the rules, and I don't know how long that took you, but it sounded so much more convoluted than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't envy the people who are the leaders because they've got a lot to think about and do and procedure yeah. and stuff, and and time to report things in. And there's a there's a lot of um, yeah um, rules, and, um, and and if you don't follow them, then yeah, you get penalties <laughs> and stuff, which. Yeah, it's it's all quite serious, isn't it? I think I think they could do with some different tiers and levels. So yeah, fine if you're like esports professionals, 
that's all you ever do. You're semi sort of living off of that. It's fine yeah. in one category, but then another category, more of a casual. I mean, when I looked back at it for like all the tournaments and things that are available, there there was an icon for amateur, and I looked down, and not one of them actually was amateur. So yeah. it's like, mm, yeah, I mean, you need some more tiers so that yeah, someone who's just having a go for a bit of fun doesn't necessarily yeah. get matched up against an esports professionals. And we're talking real professionals. They're the, the these are the guys that have got the jumpsuits. They've been to the things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, we're yeah. just a ragtag group of me and Ace who are just playing together and then three other guys that we've never met before in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Crazy yeah. stuff, but I, I have stuff. to agree. It's it's probably one of the most off-putting things when you're just in it to have a good time, even if you're being semi-competitive. Like, There needs to be a a sort of video game equivalent of like an intramural level you know where yeah it's competitive yeah you've got teams but you're not here to like kill people you're here to have a good time mm-hmm. and if you happen to win then that's good too you know because uh it just sometimes uh, after the first few weeks if you're not keeping up with a game you just get slaughtered you know even for mid-tier stuff but anyways with that out of the way I've been playing Skyrim Special Edition. Um, not not a whole lot, just a little bit, just toying around with it. Uh, in full disclosure, I'm not playing on the PlayStation. I'm playing on PC because it was free. <laughs> I, I already I had – if you had all the stuff previously on PC, they just gave you the Special Edition for free. So I was like, yeah. okay. And, you know, that's doubly good because – you know, there's not a lot of mods on PS4 right now. So um, <laughs> look back at our previous podcast about PlayStation and mods. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently doing slightly better. Uh, there are some mods, and we, I think, just today I saw something about it was confirmed that mods were coming to Fallout 4, and hopefully within the next month. But that still doesn't mean that it's going to happen. So, but uh, yeah, the last count I heard was something in the vicinity of like. Xbox One had something around 70 mods and PlayStation I don't think had broken into the double digits yet. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty unfortunate. Uh, but, it, you know, on PC, it's all there. And like they've the Nexus has an entirely new section for special edition stuff because some of the modding elements are different. Um, but theoretically, I guess you could actually use older mods. They'd just probably break. Um but I, you know, I downloaded some mods and did the uh, different start thing, the second life or whatever it was. Um, but for the most part, I kind of just went and checked it out uh, vanilla to see what it looked like. And it looks all right. Uh, it is definitely better. Um, the textures are slightly higher resolution, uh, but the meshes are still not great. Uh, the animations I, I don't think have been improved at all. So it's really funny because like the animations are super rickety last gen animations. Um, mm-hmm. So people move very oddly and they're kind of stilted. Uh, but it's still Skyrim. So it's still plenty of fun to be had there. Um, and then I also ended up playing Titanfall 2 more and I just finished the campaign for that okay. today, which was awesome. Uh, so. A lot of be a lot of people have been like up or down on the Titanfall two campaign. Some people are absolutely loving it and adore it and think it's you know 
the best thing since sliced bread. And uh, some people are like, yeah, it's okay. It's it's serviceable. So, um, so which side do you find? I ended up playing... Which side huh? do you lean towards? So here's the interesting thing. I, I, I was seeing people on Twitter keep going back and forth, back and forth. And I was kind of leaning towards the latter. Like it, I could see that the game was well designed, but I really wasn't having as much fun as I would normally expect. I would like, I love the heck out of Titanfall multiplayer and I was just not having anywhere near as much fun. Um, and about halfway through the game, it kind of occurred to me that maybe the reason why was because I was playing it like a regular shooter. Obviously you have to do the wall yeah. running and whatever, and there's platforming and stuff. And that's crucial if to you the touch game. The ground, you've but messed up. <laughs> pretty much. But the problem I think was I was playing the game on hard. And when you play on hard or like legendary or veteran or whatever, when, when you play in the harder difficulties, usually the way to succeed is to be more conservative um, and that's obviously what I was doing. So I was playing a lot more from cover rather than running around like a crazy person. And I was dying more often, which comes with the territory and that's fine. But it's a game about running around and being fluid and, you know, being lightweight. And it, that's not the kind of game that I was playing. So I bumped it down to the regular difficulty, normal, and I played the latter half and i had a blast when was it so finishing that it part way through i i so i was about halfway through and i just changed the difficulty which i never do that I, i'm not i usually i'm i'm too stubborn and i'm just like you know what i'm gonna stick it through and, and just get through this um but i, I just kind of hit a point and i was like you know what i'm not having that much fun why don't i give it a shot and the latter half of the game was stellar. Of course, that could just be that the latter half was better designed. <laughs> um, and it, it was the, it seemed like the jump in difficulty from, from regular to hard was actually pretty large because I didn't really die almost at all once I changed the difficulty down one maybe step. Maybe you finally got good. Uh, but maybe, yeah, <laughs> I, I got good. Um, but I don't think that was it. Like, it was just, I, I had more fun running around and and maybe more crucially, I could experiment more. And if I experimented and I got really beat up but I didn't die, then I could learn something and improve. And whereas before, like I was getting beat over the head for running around and so I withdrew and the thing that was making me succeed was withdrawing, not playing aggressively. So I wasn't really learning how to play any differently. I wasn't improving. So I think playing on regular is just – even if you're a veteran Titanfall player is probably the way to go just because it is more fluid. You're not constantly dying and disrupting that feeling of fluidity, um, but just my two cents. I would I would definitely recommend giving it a go on regular before hard. Um, as a side note, one of the people that I saw that was very kind of eh on it was um, – Colin Moriarty, who is notorious for playing hard games, and he played it on the hardest difficulty. So maybe anecdotally, that's kind of what's happening to other people. Maybe that's why people are so split. Maybe some people are just playing on easier difficulties and enjoying the running around and the platforming. Because I think even with the difficulty reduced, 
my least favorite parts of the game were when I was on the ground shooting. Being in the Titan, running around, playing it like a platforming game was way more interesting than the standing on the ground shooting. So, so I, how many difficulties are there? Uh, four. So you got easy, regular, hard, and master. Okay, so playing on the hardest. I assume that one's is that unlocked from the start. Yeah, it's actually all unlocked from the start. So you do so have you that play option. On that one, well, that's I think be a real tough time. Yeah, and I, you know, it's one of those things. Like I, I look at it, and I'm kind of interested for people that beat it on master just based on the way that I was playing it is the way to play it on master to play super conservatively. Cause that, that kind of breaks the tenets of Titanfall. Um, or, or do you really just have to be a freaking ninja to be able to beat the game on master? You know, um, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, at some point, maybe I'll go back and give it I'm a reminded go, of, uh, but I'll probably get another, uh, well, an old game, which is now not old. If you think about it, um, mm-hmm. uh, modern warfare, uh, in yeah. that game for, I think Veteran was the hardest on that, wasn't it? Or what was it? Mm. Okay, yeah, so veteran, playing that on yeah. the hardest difficulty through the main game, it was always a slog. You sort of fight for the next checkpoint and you do have to play conservative with right. kind of survival that grenades. Mm. I think uh, World at War was more infamous for having more grenades, but certainly Modern Warfare was a tough time. And then conversely, yeah. I, I, after completing... Uh, I think most people will probably do it in the same order. After completing the main game on the hardest difficulty, we are playing so conservatively and slowly fighting for every next checkpoint. Then you play my high club, yeah. and the whole thing has to be played at blitz. There's no other way. Yeah, because it's timed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that achievement. By the way, I totally got that. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, and I think. I think when you're playing Call of Duty on Veteran, I think it's fundamentally different because when you die, it's you just jump right back into what you were doing before, which is why you're there. Whereas with Titanfall, it's that's not really the case. You know, you die and you end up back on the ground standing still, and that's not what you want to be doing, you know? When you're playing Call of Duty, you hit that sprint button, you're going, and, and you're yeah, playing again. But for, but for Titanfall, you, you have to get back into your momentum. It's not just going and running and shooting. It's, it's finding that momentum again. And so every time you die, you're disrupting that, and it's a little bit jarring. Sounds like, like, sounds like playing Mario Kart when you were playing as Bowser <laughs> or Donkey Kong. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just once, once I bump the uh, difficulty down, I mean, you just you kind of felt like a badass, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Like there were points where I just run through a group of people and slide and then shoot like five people standing around me. And I felt Mm -hmm. awesome. But uh, I definitely think that's the way to go. It keeps the pace of the game going. It keeps the pace of the story going, which is not that great if the story drags, but is plenty of fun in a sort of cheesy way. If you're really moving through it at a Mm -hmm. decent tempo. I think, um, I don't know if this is too much of a, uh, too much of a big question. Uh, actually, maybe mm-hmm. we can come back to it in the topic of the week. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. Um, so let's move on then and we'll get to... There's been some news, not a lot, but BlizzCon did happen. Um, they did announce that the Necromancer would be coming to Diablo 3 
but with some tweaks. Um, you guys play any Diablo? I haven't played any. Nope. Oh, dear. I, I haven't played it in a while. But the most important part of this is people love the Necromancer from, what was it, Diablo 2. Um, and they're going to be bringing it back after a sort. But they're going to be changing stuff because there's a lot of overlap between what the Necromancer was and what the Witch Doctor yes. is now. Um, since they're both um, pet classes. So they summon stuff and the stuff fights for them for the most part. Um, and the result is that uh, I guess they're going to be changing the necromancer a little bit so that it's more tactical. Whereas the witch doctor, you summon stuff and it goes and it fights for you. And then you do other stuff. Uh, the necromancer is going to be slightly more tactical, uh, but they don't want to turn it into an RTS is what they're saying. Um, so you will be able to summon your, uh, mobs and and send them off to go and fight certain things and then when you're like oh my god there's this big bad guy i'm gonna have them go attack that thing you can actually tell them to go attack the big thing um, which is pretty cool good, good uh they are also in a side note if i remember correctly they're bringing back like a filter and some of the bosses from the original diablo um but that was i, I don't remember exactly the details mm -hmm. behind that one you sounded like you were going to say something. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I suppose it's good that they're bringing another Amazed. character after. It's been quite a while for Diablo 3. Yeah, it, it'll be nice for them to have another character, something else to play after you've, you know, maxed out everything else. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. Some people are really upset about the changes to the Necromancer. So can't please everybody, though. Um, and then in Overwatch, the other really, really, really big property that Blizzard has, um, Sombra was finally confirmed. Uh, originally, rumors were suggesting that she might be a pet class, actually. Uh, but it turns out that she's more of like an infiltrator. She'll have a cloak and uh, the ability to teleport. Um, and what else? She's got a, a pistol to use and... She she seems like she'll be a fun character. Oh, uh, she can hack people and sort of mess up their cooldowns and things oh. like that. Interesting. Very interesting. I figured it would, it's worth mentioning. A lot of people play that game. I, I didn't. You guys didn't seem to be Overwatch <laughs> people, but <laughs> uh, there there are a lot of people that are. Yeah. Um, in in news that I'm sure a lot more people around here are probably excited for, uh, yesterday was N7 Day. So they released a new trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, did you guys have thoughts? Yeah, East, do you want to go first on that? Very exciting. of the production values. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Nice to see uh, close up the it's a new protagonist, isn't it, now? Yeah. And, the uh, protagonist. Twins. Yeah. and um new vehicles and um yeah um yeah. Looks, looks impressive i'm sure it's going to be very between popular. the uh <laughs> the male and the female character which do you think you would go for hmm oh yes yeah uh so I apparently made the mistake, and I never knew this, of playing as uh, male Shep instead of Fem Shep. Um, and uh, apparently Fem Shep was definitely the way to go. Well, it's um, relative. Yeah, it just from everything that I've heard and from what I've seen, apparently the, the 
voice acting and the the character is a little bit more interesting. <laughs> um, but so maybe I'd be making the mistake again. But I, like I don't know anything about these yeah. characters. I just I, I think maybe the um, brother looks a little more interesting. I, I don't know. He looks a little bit younger too, but I'm I'm not sure about that. So he's, he, I, I, I looked at him and just his character design seemed a little bit more uh, brash and juvenile. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so I, I feel like maybe he might be the more interesting character, but is it, we'll see. I mean, I haven't done too much reading on Mass Effect Andromeda, because, partly because I don't want to spoil anything um, for myself, but mm-hmm. I, I suppose it's a given at this point that the characters are not customizable anymore. Oh no the the custom uh, as far as I'm aware it is still oh, okay. customizable. Um, you'll you'll be able to change the characteristics. I'm not sure how much because <laughs> if you're, I mean I I have to imagine that if you make changes to your character they have some method of perhaps changing your sibling. All oh, right. You know just yeah like GK's, uh, you know family, uh, genes. Yeah. Yeah. At least that way you know there's. Um, you don't end up with two people that look completely unrelated though. Theoretically, I guess it's possible, you know, but it just, I think it would be jarring for people. Yeah. So I was thinking, um, um the reason I asked is because we get a proper look at Mel Ryder in the trailer. Um, mm. and you mentioned about Femshep in previous entries. I think Femshep was very good, mm. but the reason why you, I don't think yep. you did wrong is because, uh, a lot of men, when they had the opportunity of a customizable character, want to customize it either after themselves or as something that is sort of amusing for themselves. Um, and similarly mm. for ladies, they might fashion after themselves or fashion as like a caricature female. So now mm. when you look at what's ahead, um, you can have that choice again. You can, you might want a rider that's a lot like you, or you might want someone very different. And with Femshep, um, she was very good on the default. But if you customized her mm-hmm. or used a different voice, you know, it's it's yep. anything else. So you didn't, I wouldn't say you've missed out. You missed out on one of the, I think probably there were six voices. Um, and in terms mm-hmm. of appearance, you haven't missed out on anything because that was the default. It was an option. I did play Femshep for Mass Effect yeah. 3, one run through. But prior to that, I always played mm-hmm three different uh male characters so i'm just kind of trying to (laughs) defend you a little bit yeah um just as a side note on the related topic of choosing characters um this was a couple of years ago it's an old article but gamespot um one of the guys that worked there did a uh maybe two videos on how we design our characters um, and it's got some statistics about, you know, what men and women typically do with their characters and things like that. Um, it was a, an episode of reality check. So I'd, it'd be hard to find, but if you can find it, it's very interesting. Sure. Um, so they've got the, they released the trailer. Um, we did get our first official look at the, um, brother writer, um, which I don't think we'd seen before. We'd seen mostly, uh, the sister, yeah. I think. And then we also, let's see, they told us that loyalty missions will be coming back, um, though these are apparently not critical. Um, whereas in Mass Effect 2, 
if oh, you didn't do alert. the loyalty spoiler mission, alert. then odds are that it would result in somebody dying. Huh? Spoiler alert, I was trying to throw in. <laughs> oh, um, well, yes and no. Uh, that, that was part of the marketing. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily that that um, spoilery yeah, you unless it, you really paid attention. La, la, la. Yeah, I guess – I guess it's more likely that I would have spoiled it now for people that just weren't paying exactly. attention back then. So uh, sorry about that. Um, yes, it's fantastic. Set, so Definitely play it. A very um, a pivotal feature in Mass Effect Two that you were sort of compelled to do the loyalty missions for all of your squad mm-hmm. because if you didn't do the loyalty missions, they would be vulnerable to dying in the suicide mission i mean it's a suicide mission so i suppose that should be a given but you, you, right. the way to protect them is to get to know them properly and to do what's important to them so that they can focus on the mission and the mm. alternative here in andromeda seems to be that um you can do them just because you want to get to know the character or just because you want to help the character not because some guidebook says you have to mm. do it because if you don't you're going to regret it at the end for other reasons yeah yeah, and it, it strikes me as – so I, I think it does make the character maybe a little bit more powerful or whatever. But it they are definitely clear that it is optional. It's not going to like randomly result in people dying. It's more just an option if you want to do it. If you find the character mm-hmm. interesting, then you can explore more about that character. Um, and then this was just something that I picked up um, when they were talking about it was uh, they did say that you could complete them after the main uh, – storyline too if i'm not mistaken yeah that's so it does seem yeah i mean not that that's overly surprising because i i for the most part um as long as everything went okay in the first two games at least um you could continue playing after the uh credits rolled um and then the third one was you know (laughs) rather final so there wasn't really much to do afterwards but um and then let's see they leaked details um and we got some box art um they basically explained pretty much everything that we already know about the game or at least expected about the story and whatnot um let's see i lost track of it you are going to be the pathfinder yada yada Uh, apparently mr krabs is playing um uh your father (laughs) Who's that? Um, Mr. Krabs, SpongeBob. Oh, okay. I thought that's what you said. I thought, what? He has a name, I'm sure. A real name. Uh, Eugene. Eugene Krabs. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, they just released a bunch of details accidentally on the Amazon page that tells you things about the game, but they may not actually make it into the final game. So who knows? Um, at this point, it's probably just about finished anyway, so it's a safe bet that uh, these elements will make it into the game. Um, you make your choices. Huh? SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, whether or not your SpongeBob SquarePants friends will survive. Um, that, is that the new galaxy that we're going to, the SpongeBob galaxy? Yeah, believe it or not, the entire galaxy Wait, is underwater. Is he the villain? Yes. Plankton. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so 
it's going to have four player multiplayer, so it seems like it's going to be something reminiscent of maybe what they had in Mass Effect 3, but we don't know. Um, Destructible environments uh, and a more flexible progression tree for skills and Mm -hmm. weapons. Well, that's Uh, good. But yeah, I I think it's kind of, we expected, I'm sure, most of that stuff. I am not surprised by the inclusion of multiplayer. I'm still not sure how I feel so. about Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. I kind of, um, after I stopped playing it, it was, well, I suppose that's kind of the nature of shooters. You play it and then it's over. But um, I kind of yeah regret that it's not got any future to it in a way. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was mm. enjoyable. Enjoyable enough, at least. Um and then, what else? Did you want to tell us about The Division? You seem to have a better handle on it than I. So this is the next uh, paid DLC for The Division. Well, primarily the next paid DLC. Uh, the paid part is called Survival, mm-hmm. and the free part is called 1.5, patch 1.5. Glamorous. Um, the So they haven't quite announced the release date for it, but certainly they've started doing um, PTS, which is what they call public test server and basically they have like well it's kind of like a um in progress version of the game which Mm. people can test on pc only at the moment Mm. um they did that for the 1.4 uh changes and it was very successful they had i think three weeks and every week they gave it some more revisions so people could give feedback as it went as it updated um so that was very successful in the past so now hopefully um we're again counting on our PC player kin again to refine the game or refine survival part of the game um, before we get it. The only downside I would say is for PS4, there's still the uh, delay, the exclusivity delay. Yeah. So we'll be getting patch 1.5, which comes with nobody knows what at this point. Right. And then probably a month later, we'll get the survival um DLC, even though we've already paid for it, or well, some of us have already paid for it, um, which I increasingly start to regret. But yeah, um, hopefully there's some good things in 1.5 um, that will come out. But I'm starting to think more and more that I just won't play it until Survival comes, which could be two months away at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's always the gamble, I guess, and it's kind of unfortunate because. You know, you usually look at something like this and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's Ubisoft. So even if it's not great, eventually it's going to come out. But with the way things have gone for the division, it's kind of been slow going as they try to, like, get it to be a, I don't know, slightly more respectable game. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it was bad. I mean, I, I enjoyed what I played, but it did have especially like economy issues and things. So. It's a little too bad that it's taking all of this effort to get to a state that they're happy with and that it's taking so long to do so. Yeah. Well, 1.4 is out now. It came out, I think, last week. Um, 1.4 is the one that fixes everything that they aim to fix. Um, They completely rebalanced the game, which is good. But now we're just getting extra content. So that's also good. Yeah, hopefully that'll come at a a better pace now that they've got everything straightened out. Yes, true. They delayed this for that. Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully after this, then they can look at the next 
played DLC coming out more snappily. Yeah. It's open. Yep. Um, um, as for content, I mean, they haven't given out a lot of very useful details at this point. This short summary of it, um, there, you can find a lot of the full details online, but the short summary of it is basically uh, each survival expedition is a sort of one and a half to two hour um, foray into the open world. It's a modified version of the open world, which is hugely affected by blizzards, snowstorms, hmm. um, if there's a difference. Um, and uh, you are going out with basically completely reset gear and you have to find things, you have to scavenge and you have to, the survival part of it is kind of um, a double meaning in that it's kind of like a survival horror sounds the horror um mm. in that you have to um well i suppose that's just a survival game other other people probably have played survival games i never played something that's exclusively survival but mm. um tangent um <laughs> you have to go and find water and you have to find food and you have to keep your um your temperature up so it's kind of i've, I've seen a similar thing actually in the new tomb raider but um i'm not going to say it's copied because it definitely isn't right um but yeah it's certainly got that kind of desperate vibe which take the division back to its root well take a high level division player back to their roots in a way that you have to scavenge for gear with actual benefits coming around every turn and you have to kind of avoid enemies a little bit because not because they're ridiculously overpowered but because you're ridiculously underpowered right uh, and things like that and there's hope because obviously you're going to find better gear right sounds interesting if i kept up with a game i might have even played it <laughs> yeah well I, I suppose maybe down the line um you could i'd probably wait at least until the, uh, i would say there's not much point jumping in right now wait until after sorrow is out maybe the one after that could get the division uh the season pass on sale and that might be a good time to jump in and see what's on offer but this survival is designed to be accessible even for new players in that everyone going into the arena not, not the arena but the survival expedition is uh, at the same level. Yeah, equal so footed. Mm. Cool. In other news, GameStop says new uh, the new October games have underperformed. Ah. Yes. Well, you but know. this is physical. Right. So this is GameStop. So this only counts things that they may have sold. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't include digital, but for the most part, it doesn't include digital because they mostly just sell boxed copies. Um, so in this case, it seems like they sold less games physical than they did, than they expected. Right. Yeah. And this includes Battlefield 1, doesn't it? Um, I mean, so this is new October games, so that would include the very tail end. So, um, I mean, it would include like Titanfall and what have you. Uh, okay. And by extension battlefield because that was the week before i think so it yeah. does include those games um battlefield obviously being a much bigger seller and i would presume a bigger seller in physical form than sun games just because it's a more um what's the word i'm looking for uh it appeals to a wider audience you know it's not oh. just the uh sort of hardcore gamer that buys everything digitally it appeals to everybody so uh, yeah like people who pick up off the shelf uh, mm -hmm. when browsing 
Yep. Um, it does also include, if I am not mistaken, when did the when did Mafia Three come out? Uh, that, game... that was earlier, so maybe early October, or if, if not before. Um, yeah, I just out of curiosity, uh, so October seventh, um, which is curious because um, it that it was announced that that was uh, the fastest selling property for uh, what two K, right? Huh. Um, so by holding back reviews. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Uh see our previous episode for that one. Um yeah. so I don't know. It's interesting that GameStop is saying this because we've not heard anything necessarily, not yet. I mean it might still be a little while before we hear anything, but plenty of game developers have come out and just been like, Man, that did not work out. So <laughs> I feel like that is probably not entirely the case. I'm sure we're just seeing maybe even a faster increase in digital sales than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. I uh, I feel like that is probably part of it. I feel like mm-hmm. digital sales are kind of a hidden behemoth in the room. Um, but also, I heard that Titanfall 2 is quite severely underperformed. Yeah, that um, does seem to be the case, um, mm-hmm. which is super unfortunate because it is actually it's a very fun game. And it is bringing with it exactly what people asked for. However, even if it is underperforming, it's not surprising, at least to me, that it's underperforming. This is it. It released one week after Battlefield and one week before Call of Duty. Literally, the two Terrible. biggest shooters we've ever seen, and this game released smack dab between them because it's like that's the dumbest thing. Like. It's not surprising compared to Titanfall 1 that it's not doing well. Even though it's on two different platforms, so was the original Titanfall. That came out on 360 as well, which had an install base of 100 million units. Sorry, 80 million oh, units. Right. Um, that. right. This is only next gen. So it's only PS4 and um, Xbox One and PC, obviously. Um, so it's an equal number of platforms. And last the last game came out in what was it march or something so i mean it had room to breathe it didn't get slaughtered by you know everybody being busy playing something else yeah so i think well part of it is i mean ea sort of makes the excuse that uh people who want to play titanfall are looking for that very specific Mm -hmm avenue of gameplay right but then from our circles from the people that we uh would uh first speak to about playing these games Mm. if you're a shooter fan yeah um you've had all of these as an option and you would have eliminated um probably at least one of them so you're not saying oh i'm looking for a shooter this month titanfall 2 you say uh you know Battlefield One. <laughs> yeah. Or Call of Duty. Well, and I, I think I think that's kind of the problem you run into is not even necessarily that it came out after Battlefield, which is a dumb decision, I think, for EA, but that it came out a week before um Call of Duty. Because even though Titanfall does a lot of things better than Call of Duty, it's still Call of Duty. And so the overlap there of the fast gameplay especially now you know that 
uh, Call of Duty has incorporated all, all the acrobatics and whatever into the game. Yeah. You have so much overlap, and it's not even down to which one does it better. It just comes down to the fact that it does it well enough, and everybody is going to be playing that. All of your friends who don't play games normally are going to pick that one up. So even if you bought Titanfall, what are the odds that you're going to play it beyond the campaign if all of your friends are playing Call of Duty? You know? If it had been at another time, you might have people who had bought only call of duty and then they're getting tired of it or they're waiting for the next one Mm -hmm. and they're looking for an alternative to play Titanfall 2 perfectly fits that alternative exactly and it was just the wrong time to release that game yeah but flooded it i think i i think though too that i do have to say that i feel like this october for some reason has been really anticlimactic for me and i don't know that i can put my finger on why Titanfall was one of my favorite games a few years ago, and I love Gears of War. Um, but for some reason, it just, I don't know, I didn't really feel like anything delivered like something awesome for me. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. It's just, and I, I feel like maybe this is other people too. Like, the games from October kind of... <laughs> came and went even battlefield is like people are like oh wow battlefield has a good campaign and then that was it like nobody really talked about it much after that um mm-hmm. mafia 3 had its day and whatever else and but it, like october has kind of already com- been completely forgotten which if you look back at the previous years it's like you get around to november and some people are like oh yeah i'm still totally playing metal gear solid or whatever you know uh. but there's just like none of the games seem to have had staying power from October. Wow, really? Okay. Except except for maybe, you know, VR stuff. I was gonna say, <laughs> does that include VR stuff as well, or is it just kinda of like the shooters? Yeah, it seems too I mean, surprising. It, it yeah, wasn't... I mean that's what I hear about, I think, maybe more is people talking about VR. Not necessarily one particular thing about VR, but just VR in general. Hmm. Maybe that's why. I don't is, know. is it underperforming? Because maybe people, there's just so many games in October. A lot of people are leaving it till later, November, December, Christmas, or, or vice versa, or vice versa. Maybe people are just are playing so many different things that there's not as much conversation happening around certain focal points. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, if you look at the release schedules for October, there was a lot of stuff coming out. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of everything, isn't there? Mafia, Titanfall, Call of Duty, Gears of War. I mean, there's not a lot you're really missing, really, is there? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Who knows? So we shall see from... eventually. The uh, uh, NPD numbers, I don't think, have been have come out yet. Um, yeah. What have we, we got we'll for November? Hmm? What have we got for November? The only one that matters... Ends in 15. What? Huh? Oh, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. What other game series goes up to 15? This is like three. So you said, so I think we've gotten to the topic of the week. Did you want to discuss that? Well, yeah, I was sick, but maybe we can have a, a sort of two halves topic of the week. Sure. What I was wondering earlier, which I thought was a bit of a um, discussion question, what? I'd say that because it's a bit controversial. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, 
I was wondering, how do we feel about about people who professionally review games mm-hmm. while having I'm going to say this in the most offensive way and please forgive me but that's part of the idea yeah <laughs> how do we feel about people who professionally review games having played it wrong um how, how it's kind of tough because it's like what what is technically the right way and theoretically mm-hmm. the right way is whichever way you have the most fun right so possibly if it's a game about fun well yeah i mean don't don't get me wrong like there are some games that are just not about that um if you think of like comes to mind uh spec ops the line is not a game about right. having fun uh, the, the, the i shooting... can imagine if you did that on the hardest difficulty and slogged your way through it could feel relevant yeah right <laughs> um actually no actually i take that back i remember playing that on the hardest difficulty after playing it on the easier one mm. and that was nightmarishly hard so i think the pacing would be destroyed if you did that but yeah i i kind of agree um but yeah in a way i i don't know that's that's a tough thing to answer i i feel like it's whatever you get the most enjoyment out of is technically the right way to play it i, I don't know that there really is any other um way of looking at it well, know, that's why obje- objectively yeah, well, that's why you check multiple sources, wouldn't you? Rather than just yeah, the one. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that some reviews are more relevant to you than others. And certainly there's a um, a very good place for uh, reviews for other people who play it on the hardest difficulty, if that's your style as well. Mm. Um, but in terms of uh, a broad appeal review, a review that's um, not putting itself as a niche, a review that's putting itself as um a, a broad assessment of the game does it not need to fall in line with the design of the game because <laughs> yeah you could say i mean to put it as an extreme if you played the game with uh i'm trying to put it in a certain way if you played it with one hand eating a sandwich yeah and then you criticize the game for being cumbersome would not the blame be on you right and and certainly um i remember at one point hearing somebody you know there was a review and it was like yeah after the first level the sound design was so terrible that i turned off the music and the sound and it's like mm-hmm. but you still have to evaluate the sound design for the rest of the game you can't right. just like decide not to do that but at the same time like i was playing uh no man's sky and it was very obvious that it was very repetitive. Like there was, there was no real change to the music or the sound design or anything. And so I did, I turned it off. Um, Mm -hmm. so is that okay? Like me sitting there playing that game and listening to a podcast, is that okay? Now, granted, I didn't do that until after I finished reviewing the game, but Mm -hmm. I, I, it still kind of begs the question. Like at that, I had, I had reached a point where, nothing was changing i understood that did i need to subject myself to that you know yeah um and i i think the answer is to a certain extent yes because you know if it continues to impact your gameplay then that is worth mentioning but at the same time you do also have the ability to change that so if i have the ability to change something that is negatively impacting my game experience and i don't Am I complicit in that in some way? Yeah. You know? Now, granted... That's a good way to loop it back to... Uh, yeah. Now, now granted, the, 
the podcasts that I was listening to. That's something else outside. That's not a matter of changing something or whatever. That adds nothing to the game and should not be considered. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough thing. And it's something that realistically, um, it's kind of, there's really no other medium that has to deal with that, really. I mean, in some ways you kind of do maybe with movies. It's like, well, maybe the proper way to watch, I don't know, um, Dawn of the Dead is, you know, the middle of the night with all the lights off, you know. But mm -hmm. that's about the extent of the control that you have over a movie. Yeah. Cool. If you kept interrupting it mm -hmm. every five minutes to go and, like, take a phone call or mm -hmm. go and... Right, make tea every five minutes or something. Yeah, and I, I think I think that does come down to you shouldn't ever rely on one review because if if you rely on multiple reviews from multiple people, that's going to mitigate that did they play it correctly thing. Because mm -hmm. you you do to some extent, I think you can presume that most people that do this for a living are good enough that even if one or two play it incorrectly. In, in quotes that the rest would yeah. play it in a manner that is suitable um mm -hmm. and even if that's not the case for instance like i said colin moriarty if you are the type of person that loves to play games on hard and you follow him and he he's that type of person then his opinion might be more relevant to you so it is also important to find reviewers that do things in a certain way that are useful to you or uh, that you can generally agree with you know mm -hmm. yeah and just to um to clarify i do respect colin Marathi. i just uh oh yeah wanted certainly. to put it blunt i, I don't the, uh, and that's and that's the other thing is like can you really say that he played it incorrectly and i can't say that i would i mean i think that the developer can't tell you how to play it i mean they can tell you what buttons do what but they can't really tell you what's the best way to play it. They can only really recommend that this That's way true. might be beneficial, you know, but, um, How there you... is, I don't, I don't want to jump into the whole video games as art thing, but yeah. there is an element of creators of intent. And if Certainly. you completely eschew the creator's intent in order to brute force it your own way, mm -hmm. then sure. The creator can't make you play it right, but you're not playing it right by doing that. Right. Uh, do you see what I mean? And, but then it and then it gets even murkier when it's like, okay, so what about Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> you know. So I mean, it's like whatever the developer may have intended. At the end of the day, I'm sure they're not going to tell you that you shouldn't have, you know, jumped out of a helicopter as you know you wiped out an entire fleet of tanks with the helicopter and parachuted onto the top of a mountain and whatever you know, like. That's... But it, I suppose if if in the Grand Theft Auto example, mm. I would say playing it wrong would be if you um, if you played Grand Theft Auto and you decided you're a pacifist mm. and you just refuse to shoot anything, yep. then you're not adhering to the creator's intent. Right. So just don't even bother. You're not playing it right. But you know, if you if you like driving around, you know, whatever yeah, fig I mean, version, that, it... you can't. Yeah, you can't assess the shooting um, mechanics as, as a reviewer. Yeah, right. that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly everyone is welcome to play games 
in whatever obscure way they like. I mean, you've got things like um, the ridiculous mods in Skyrim. Yeah. By all means, go for it. Yeah. But you know, it's not. It's not a part of the product. It's it's contorting the product to your own fun. Yeah. Which is great, but it's not part of the product. Yeah, I mean that's that's almost like um, and Skyrim kind of does fit that mold. It's like. Well, if there's a glitch in the game that breaks the game, but you find it really funny or enjoyable in some way, that's yeah. still not a good thing. You know, <laughs> that's just that's something that you're bringing into this experience, not really something you're getting out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase. Well, you've been sitting over there very quietly. Ace, did you have something to say? Um, well, I just said, yeah, that's why I would get multiple sources for the reviews. Um, for the biggest surprise and letdowns before, I guess one of the we'll, same. Maybe maybe we save that for some other time because I, oh, I think okay. that was a way better topic of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> what, the one about reviews, yeah, especially oh, okay. considering last week. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll save this one for another day. Um, well, we'll I'm sure go back over what what's originally our topic of the week was going to be what we were surprised by or let down by so far in the fall. But you know what? We can hold on to that for a little while longer and just discuss the whole fall. We could do a 2016. Yeah, we'll do a recap of <laughs> 2016 or the fall or something. Yeah, yeah. So did you have anything else to add to this? Um, like I said, it always helps to just sort of um, get your own opinion, really, isn't it? There's, there's so many methods nowadays. Mm -hmm. YouTube videos, streaming, PlayStation Live. Yep. Find find a person you trust. Find as many people as you can trust as you can. And that way you can be as informed as possible. PlayStation Store mm -hmm. demo if you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, certainly I'm an advocate of um, multiple independent sources, but do you not find, if, say, you take the time to read a review, mm -hmm. and if, if it's a good review, it's usually quite detailed, uh, quite lengthy. So maybe you've read a large portion of a review and then you get to the end of it and you realize hang on this perspective is completely not agreeable with uh, my own personal um the way i would want the review to assess the game and if if you can think of any examples of that i'm not sure um if it's just me but if you can think of any examples of that do you then find like that review was not what it was sold as in a way it or it was a waste of time or anything else do you have what kind of what do you feel at the end i shouldn't be putting ideas what do you feel when you when that happens i honestly can't think of any anyone in particular um mm -hmm. i mean it, i think that just comes down to a certain level of um, subjectivity that you can't really get rid of and that you mm -hmm. can only certain only account for in, in certain ways um it kind of reminds me of uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which I quite enjoyed, but I kind of, I criticized it for being kind of slow. Like, you, you move very slowly in that game, and as you pointed out, that, that is kind of important to how you play the game, but I did criticize it for that. Um, wow. And so, I don't know, like, I, I think you have to kind of find you have to be able to interpret what the person is saying and and see if it applies to you you know like 
if you are, let's say, the type of person that loves uh, co-op games or online games or, 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 or The Division, for example, where a large portion of the game can be played solo, um, you have to be able to sort of look at or review and see if they did if they satisfied what you wanted to know about that game, if they played the entire game solo as much as they possibly could, and that doesn't really jive with how you would play it, that's something you need to be cognizant of. Um, and, and so it's, it's really, I think up to the reader to try and mitigate those kinds of things and account for them as best they can. And obviously it's a good faith thing, obviously for the reviewer to try to account for as many different ways the game can be played as possible you know i feel like in many ways this is from me as a reader as much as a writer i feel like in many ways it's a matter of disclosure and separation sure um so to take those two examples if you reviewed everybody's gone to the rapture and you hated the slow walk speed which is um i hate to say a valid concern Mm. um then if you let that taint the entire game, maybe it ruins the fun for you. That's okay. Right. But if you, um, if you let that taint the entire game, and then you paint your picture of the entire game as dull and boring and slow paced, right? Because of this one aspect which you couldn't separate. Yeah. Um, it becomes a tainted review in my eyes. Um, and for the division, if you played the whole game solo, and there are parts of it which are clearly designed for groups, and you play it solo. And right. you never mention that you played only solo. You just say it's too hard right. or something like that. You haven't properly disclosed the circumstances right. of your um, your constraints. And um, I think it's great if you do disclose up front, you've played it all solo. And this is how it plays yeah. all solo. So if you're going for all solo, now right. you know you can't play all of it. But if well, that's you don't why... disclose that, no one's getting information. That's why you look at like a site like uh, Cooptimus or something like that. And it's like... Well, you know, obviously people are starting from a very particular standpoint of playing together with people. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's great. Like that, that is good information to have going into that. And I, I agree. I I think a lot of that stuff needs to be covered by disclosure. And the whole point of a review is to be informative, you know, and you can't include every, every single morsel of your experience, obviously, but you do have to obviously consider your audience when you're writing and what they might expect that you like how you may have played so i i think something like that is something that you have to try to account for or convey you know if there are limitations as to why you did it like um for whatever reason the game you know you played solo but you played solo and it was fun but you played solo because the network just didn't work you know it's like yeah you know, all of that information is relevant. And I think I think you're seeing to a degree things are getting much better in, in regards to disclosure. Um, I mean, a lot of places include a little blurb about, well, this is the setup, this is who provided the game, etc. Um, a lot of places are doing a lot better about informing people about that kind of stuff. One last thing uh, from me is, um, in, in regards to your experience with Titanfall 2, mm-hmm you have well at least to us you've disclosed um your cause for concern and in doing so you've said that the first half um you didn't so much enjoy but the second half after you changed the difficulty it completely changed how you felt about it and then 
you're sort of you said um earlier that you said unprovoked that you're not sure um if the latter half is better because of that but because of the information um considered yeah we have the ability to assess that maybe the first half isn't as good or maybe the first half may be good if we play with the information in mind right yeah and i i want to try and provide as much information as possible <laughs> just just for reasons like that like i i, I can't i cannot be 100 percent sure that the second half of the game isn't just better you know mm. um but i have my reasons for believing that it's not necessarily that the second half is better like i said i i could definitely tell that there was a quality to the craftsmanship of the game even in the first half and for some reason it wasn't connecting with me and I mean, that just comes down to certain things like the way it introduced elements of the game to me and, you know, uh, how I learned to engage with them and how I learned, you know, it, it very clearly presented certain um, indicators of, you know, well, this is where you should do a certain thing, um, things like that. Um, and, and the explanations behind all of these things, it, it very clearly was well designed. Things were changing and it was introducing me to new elements very well, you know, but I just, as well, as much as I could see those, it didn't feel like I was enjoying them as much as I should have for something that was so carefully constructed. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to start saying something again yeah i I think i think we need to draw the line at that um keep moving Uh, we're running out of time at this point um okay so for releases this week we have uh psvr uh digital and retail uh finally robinson the journey is coming out um which was i think might have been a a reveal game uh Uh, yeah i remember seeing this this is the one with the little flying robot and the dinosaurs that's right exactly that's all i know about the game because i was literally about to say the same exact thing um yeah that doesn't say a lot about it 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 is incredibly impressive isn't it the the depth of the world and graphics and it looks gorgeous yeah the the scene where they revealed it like you said and there's like this huge diplodocus or something dinosaurs treading over you and you're trying to navigate through um through the brush underneath and Mm -hmm. yeah it looks quite interesting, doesn't it? It's certainly one for yeah. the, the VR experience. And then I'm just surprised it's releasing now. I mean, I haven't heard about it since. Pretty I much. haven't been reading everything, but yeah, yeah. I, well, as far as I knew, it was coming out next year. For as little as I've heard, yeah. Uh, Eagle Flight is kind of in the same boat, actually, because I, I remember when they announced it. But I have I've heard more about this than I have about Ron- Robinson, but not much okay. more. Like I, I I forgot about it. <laughs> um, but I've, I've heard good I things. Think, oh. Is there good things? Because it's, it's 35 quid on the store, isn't it? So I'm hoping it's more than just flying around as a bird because it, it it didn't really hear much Eagle about Flight, it. the ex- one where you explore? I could be mistaken, but if I – this I could be pulling this out of my ass. Um, there are two bird games, and I always get them confused, so that's why I'm asking. I, I think Eagle Flight has exploration-y type stuff, but I think it's actually like – legit game too um like okay. capture the flag and stuff like that but as eagles oh, so the competitive uh there is one. it seems like some kind of competitive element but it's a multiplayer says a multiplayer up to six players use your piloting skill uh, skills 
to lead your team to victory in two multiplayer modes and engage in heart pounding multiplayer dogfights. Yeah. Yeah. So only two modes and six... gameplay. How do you engage in dogfights with eagles? You like shoot feathers at them or something? Yeah. I I think it's good, it's good. I'm a bit yeah. worried about that price price point. I think that seems a bit high. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh PS4 digital and retail. Uh Cartoon Network Battle Crashers. Dishonored two is coming out Friday. Root letter, uh, sorry, root letter, which is also coming out on Vita, is coming out on Thursday, and then oh, yeah. Sword Art Online Hollow Realization is coming out today. Okay. Okay. Cartoon Network looks good. Always nice to see uh, Rigby and Adventure Time in another game. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's roping and everything. I still have no idea what the game actually is, but I don't think it really matters. If you like that kind of stuff, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it. It'll be funny or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dishonored Two looks good. I mean, it remains to be seen if it will be, it will be good or if it will be October style disappointment. Yeah. But I think hopefully it's good. You can definitely, you can definitely see if you've been keeping track of stuff for Dishonored Two, how much extra effort Bethesda is putting into the promotion of this game compared to everything uh-huh. else that they've done. It's just, it yeah, seems I guess like they every, want it to become a franchise. The well, I was just going to say the the preview coverage has been insane like they just keep showing more and more and more of the game 15 minutes of play here 15 minutes there like just all over the place um so it seems like they are already executing their no reviews plenty of previews uh system oh no ah you remind me of that now yeah sorry um for PS4 Digital, we have Handball, which is also coming to PS3. And I love the box art because it's a dude just, like, screaming. <laughs> and it's just, like, wow. the last image I expected to to see to associate with Handball. Um, uh, my name is Mayo. It's extremely intense sport, don't you know? <laughs> Apparently, it's quite intense. I just – I never thought of it <laughs> in that way. Children's playgrounds or cute, cute little innocent Handball just – it didn't occur to me. Um. <laughs> We also have My Name is Mayo, which I have no idea what that is, but it's also coming to Vita. I love the name, okay. though. Maybe it's a sequel to um, I Am Bread. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. Well, I, hope it has, I hope it's not, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not, but I'm just taking a stab. And then uh, sm- that, Small Radios, sure. Big Televisions. Uh, no punctuation in that, just Small Radios, Big Televisions. Uh, cool. In ellipsis. Yeah. Um, PS4 retail. Uh, we've got Marvel Pinball Epic Collection Volume One, and that's it. That's the, that's what's coming out this week. Usually, I feel like okay. this is a bigger week, but I, I guess there are other things going on in the world, so we've got plenty to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the three, well, the big hits is already released. The two big hits. Yeah, I mean the big stuff really is kind of already out. There's there's other stuff coming out. Um, this month, but I don't know that how much of it is actually of interest to us. Um, I'll have to go back and look. But I think the one of the biggest things coming out for the rest of the month is Pokemon. So, oh yes, and, yep. And then PS Plus November will run through real quick. PS Four, everybody's gone to the Rapture and the Deadly Tower of Monsters. PS Three, Dirt Three, Costume Quest Two, Vita. You've got Letter Quest Remastered and Pumped BMX Plus. And finally, to round just, out the show, huh? I was just looking at the Cartoon Network one. It's just like a sort of action beat 'em up one. A shmup. Yeah. Not not shmup. really a shmup, I guess. 
uh, a bmup. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Everybody says that. Uh, that's pretty bad. Um, and then to round out the show, uh, Ace taking away with the trophies. Ah, yes. My bit. <laughs> Finally my turn to shine. Yes. <laughs> yes. I still haven't managed to get um, to convince um, Brandon to give me a jingle. So you just have oh, to sorry. kind of just have we'll to kind of imagine the top of the trophy pops. Fifty most popular trophies this week. Um, well, I say this week. It's only been half a week since we last did uh, a trophy chart, trademark, copyright, patent pending. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the two trophies podcast told you to get more variety, and I'm pleased to say you have. In the top fifty unlocks, there are eight games this week from last time six. So good job, people. Um, But I have some bad news for you you fantasy fans, Prince. Ah. World of Final Fantasy has dropped out of the top 50. What are you doing? Now, was that the final (laughs) time we'll see it, or will it come back again? Up to you, (laughs) T-Tears. So without further ado, the top 50 unlocks for the last week are from the following eight games in uh, reverse order. In number eight, down six places, Titanfall 2. Just clinging in there um, with uh, The Graduate. 246 wins from 456 last week. And that's just for finishing the tutorial, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, additional trophies, there's only three others in the top 50, whereas um, uh, last week it was 16 other trophies. So um, um, I guess that means... People are starting it, but not going very far with it. Maybe they've uh, got distracted by another game that's come out. A f- uh, frenetic shooter. Yeah. Mm. In at uh, number seven, also down two places, there's an eerie silence from the battlefield. One. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> play, play the objective. I'm loving, I'm loving the cheese. <laughs> 259 wins down from 351, so a slight decrease there. Uh, and only two other uh, trophies uh, down from 10. So again, people going very far with that one uh, this week. But um, right, So Titanfall 2 has taken a fall, but so has Battlefield. Uh, yeah, yeah. In at number 6, we have a new entry. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. Oh. Earn a wing dagger, 275 wins, mm-hmm. plus one other trophy that's just squeezed in there at the bottom, at uh, place number 50. Um, barely qualifying, really. Hmm? It's it's just about come in above these old entries. Yeah. So interestingly, I guess, Titanfall I guess, was higher up on the list. Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, not many people have jumped straight on that remaster, but who knows? Maybe, um, maybe it'll creep up. Mm-hmm. Um, at number five, down four places, is Skyrim. Bleak Falls Barrow. So will it continue to have a bleak fall in popularity? <laughs> uh, as this, there's only six other trophies, uh, down from ten from last time. Mm-hmm. Um, in at number four, a new entry. Everybody's gone to the rapture. So have TT has taken our advice from the last podcast and I jumped so. on this one? Being a, a free PlayStation Plus game, you'd probably think so. Mm. 287 wins for Moonwalker, uh, mm. plus one other trophy. So, just I guess a lot of people dabbling, or like you say, 
diving on the funny that one. thing about that one is the moonwalker trophy is for walking backwards obviously um but generally speaking in that game you don't there's no starter trophy so yeah probably a lot more people than this have played it just not popped a trophy yet mm-hmm. is you, know, you think you can go through a long bit in that game without popping a trophy then yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. definitely. I think uh, my original playthrough, I probably only had two or three trophies. Ah, okay. Right, yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, yes. Um, up three places. Number three is LetterQuest Remastered, another PlayStation Plus game, showing off with 473 wins, uh, plus mm-hmm. two other trophies in uh, the top 50. Surprised um, to see it's high. In- interesting, yeah. yeah. Ah, oh, but the thing about that is, there's a lot of wins there. There's, it's it's far above any of the other entries below it. But um, there's only two extra trophies on that, so maybe people are really not getting very far in it. I don't know how the trophies in that game work. Maybe also you only get a few, and that's it. Yeah. But it looks like people aren't getting very far in it. Mm-hmm. Got distracted too quickly. Um, at uh, new in at number two is of course. Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, Rising Threat, 654 wins, plus 19 other trophies in the top 50. So everyone's definitely on the Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare. Um, Taking proper entry. Yeah, taking Titanfall's old spot. Yes, yeah. So what beat Call of Duty number one slot? Can you guess? (laughs) You might be surprised. Yeah, up two is, places. Well, this is a TT thing, I guess. At, up two places. Up two places, yep, from last time. At uh, number one is the Deadly Tower of Monsters. Were TT as intrigued by our podcast to check out the the Deadly Tower of Monsters? Seems I so. vaguely remember us saying something about it being entirely about skydiving and so on. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus, um, yeah, Dramatic Rescuer, 739 wins. Plus eight other trophies. So a fairly good presence on the top 50. Mm-hmm. Not as many trophies on the in the 50, but still the most for its first trophy. Second highest, yeah, to um, Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's another right. PlayStation Plus title, of course. Yep, that, hand. Not, not bad. Uh, that's nine trophies, um, and the game only has 24. So. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that, that does put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so that's the trophies for this week. Um, And I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, If you have, let's see, if you have anything to talk about, if you want to say, hey, you can check us out on Twitter at True Trophies at underscore brand foo. You can shoot us a PM on the site if you want. Say, hey, and even if you play Xbox, um, obviously we do too. So (laughs) if you want to play a couple of matches or something, hit us up, let us know. Um, Thanks for joining us once again, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye-bye for now. See you around. See ya.